You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Listen, I'm going to teach a message today that um, I did a series a while back, and this one's just called Be Gritty. And we're going to talk about grit and what it means and uh, what, how you could define it biblically. And then I'm going to end with talking about the fear of man. Everything I talk about to begin here is, is going to lead up to that because if we fear man, we, we really can't fear God. You can't do both. And, and so fearing God means we're, we fear him. It's also a reverential fear. It's like we don't want to talk about like being afraid of God. And in some ways, uh, I, I don't know about you, but Matthew 7, that whole chapter kind of freaks my brain out that people would walk up to Jesus and say, hey, I did this, this, and this in your name. And Jesus said, you know what I'm going to say to you? I have no idea who you are. And depart from me, workers of iniquity and lawlessness. And the thing I've thought about when I thought about that scripture is so much as I don't want to be one of those guys that goes up and tells Jesus how great I am. Because what these people were doing, they were giving him his resume. We do it all the time. God, I did this for you. 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 And why won't you do this, 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 and this? We think it's how it works. And yet we're supposed to serve God because it's the thing we're supposed to do. He created us to serve him. And everybody in here can serve him. You can say, well, pastor, I'm not perfect. Well, then you're, you're a candidate. Because if you are perfect, we're going to take you outside, call you Jesus. And we're going to crucify you. Because we, we need a savior. And there was only one perfect man. And that was the son of God. And so if you're willing, you should serve. You should get involved. And, 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 and so we, we won't do that unless we develop some grit. We must be willing to stand for God no matter the cost. No matter the circumstances. See, God does not change because our circumstances do. God has the ability to change our circumstances. And these past couple of years, the church has had to decide on whether it will stand or bow to the authorities of this world, or do we stand for God? Because there's many voices in the world, the Bible says, but there's only one that's God's, and that's the one we need to seek out. It doesn't matter who God speaks through. Our responsibility as Christians is just to know when God is speaking. I've, I've been in situations, I've been in circumstances, I've been around ungodly people, and they'll say something, and I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's the Spirit of God talking to me. You say, well, how can God do that? God can use anybody. We just have to have ears to hear when he's talking. But what happens to people, they say, well, I'll only listen if that comes from this person or that person. Well, you just limited God because what if he doesn't want to use those people? So we're to know his voice. We're to recognize his voice and acknowledge it when we hear it. So when you hear the word of God week in and week out, that's God speaking to you. That's the voice we need to learn to honor and, and, and understand. And so we have to decide in, in, in our Christian walk who we're going to obey because this thing that just happened these last two and a half years or, or almost three years now is, 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 is 10. They, they want to repeat it somewhere. And, and they're trying to get people to control us. And, and yet for us, the only one that can, should control our life and how we live and how we walk and talk is the word of God. And it's time, I believe, for the church for the leaders of the church to get some grit because the early church was gritty. In Acts chapter 5, verses 27 through 32, let me, let me preface this. 
The apostles were in Jerusalem performing many miracles and signs, signs and wonders, miracles. They were performing miracles. The authorities there, the, the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the synagogue folk, they came and they arrested them and threw them in jail. And they told them, do not speak in that name anymore, in the name of Jesus. Well, at night, the angels came and let them out. And the angels said, you go back out there and preach in that name. You preach the gospel. You talk about Jesus. So they're released from prison. The next morning, as the council convenes, they send the guards down to the prison. And they go down there, and the guards are standing at the doors. Everybody's in the place. But they look in, and they're gone. And they said, hey, these guys are gone. Then they hear, hey, they're out preaching somewhere else because the angel of God told them to. So they go out and preach. Then they arrest them again. They do it kind of shady because they're afraid they're going to get stoned to death by the people. So they arrest them and again. And when they arrest them, and, and I want to pick it up in verse 26, the captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. And he said, we gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. He said, instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death. So these same people crucified Jesus. The apostles are, are preaching that they killed him. They're saying, not only are you preaching his name after we told you not to, you're blaming us for his death. Now you've got to see the grit of this, and I'm going to define grit in a moment. But listen to what happened. Verse 29. But Peter and the apostles replied, I love this, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, and I love this, after you killed him. They didn't back down. They didn't go, oh, we better not say that again. He doubled down. Peter doubled down, or the apostles did. And, and he goes, and, and then I love that the God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. In other words, yeah, you are responsible. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. But listen to Jesus, Peter's reply. We must obey God rather than any human authority. Folks, there's going to be moments in our life where we have to decide who we're going to obey. And in this last two and a half years, your church, your pastor, you guys made the right decision to obey God rather than this crazy, foolish person that's running our state. And, and that's the way it works. Now, and, and when I pastor and when I preach in my church, I call her a different name. But I'm not in my church, so I won't do that here. But this was not the first time that the authorities told them to stop preaching. In Acts 4, 16 through 21, you can go back and read it. Verse 19, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. In other words, here we go again. They're telling them they healed the lame man. They told him to quit uh, healing in that name, to quit talking in that name. And then, and then they said, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? And that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Do we think God really wants us to obey authorities, the world, instead of him or before him? 
I mean, the question, hopefully the answer is no. We're called to obey him, period. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. And, and we're called to honor the laws as long as they're not ungodly. And I think one of the laws that's very ungodly is the speed limit. I look at it like that is way too slow. That's ungodly they want me to drive that slow. I mean, yesterday I drove here from, from Albuquerque, and I only passed four cars on the whole highway. What's that, 96 miles? I'm like, who cares how fast I'm going? And am I speeding when nobody sees it? So. That's the physics. Okay, all right. Some of you got it. Some of you are slow, but you're worth waiting on. Just someone nudge him and tell him what he's yeah. But the Jewish authorities were telling them to stop preaching. So they had a choice to make. Stand and do what God says or do what man says. Those are the things that are going to be before us for the rest of the time we're here. See, the church in our prosperity got lazy. And for the first time in our history, our history of America, when a tragedy struck, they didn't ask the church for help. They didn't ask us to pray. Here's what they said. Close your doors. Our governor, she, she put homeowners association meetings and church in the same place. And when I saw that, that's what started the fight. Like, wait a minute, you, you just called the church and a neighborhood association meeting the same? Because she said, don't go to either. And I'm like, who goes to neighborhood associations meeting? <laughs> Unless you're the president or the vice president, you ain't going. I've never been to one. I'm like, no. They said, well, why don't you come? I said, no, I don't want to come. I mean, it's not the place where I like to go hang out. Like, where are you going to go hang out today? Neighborhood association meeting. Like, <laughs> and so we, we, we need to understand that the first time in our history, the church was asked not to help, not to pray, to close down. And you and I need to understand that's not what God said, though. Well, they said, you're a super spreader. Never happened. Never happened. They blamed us. They fined us. It never happened. And, and, and so we, we need to realize that we have choices to make. And for the first time in our history, we had a real choice to make over this pandemic. And it was, do I obey God or man? Because the Bible says, do not forsake the, the, the gathering of yourselves together. And you can say, yeah, but he, there was a virus. Yeah, there was a virus. And I know there was a virus because I got the virus. I got the Wuhan. And the Wuhan whooped me for about three weeks, and then I kicked its butt right out, you know, but after three weeks. But anyway, but what I'm saying is we're not, no one's denying that a virus happened, but the way they managed it is, is, is called into question because they ruined so much, so many people's lives. And, and so we had to decide, your pastor had to make a decision, which God bless him for doing it. You know what? We're going to obey God rather than man. And if man doesn't like it, that's up to man. Because, you know, in the last days, people heap up teachers themselves having itching ears. They just want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. And when absolute truth is removed, folks, absurdity reigns. And so you look at these the early Christians. They were very gritty. Gritty is the ability to keep going despite adversity. Grit is doing what you don't want to do to be what you want to be. And when absolute truth is removed, we start believing things that aren't real, that we should not believe in. For instance, let me give you this example, which might freak some of you out, climate change. 
You know, it was called global warming until it got cool. And now it's climate change. And here's what they're telling us. They're telling us you have to believe in climate change because the science says so, even though there's a ton of scientists that don't believe in it. You don't ever hear from them because it doesn't, it does, it doesn't meet their narrative. And so you, you have to decide. And you say, well, Pastor, you do not believe in climate change? No, I don't. Because here's what climate change is all about. When a basic structure is your carbon footprint. It's all about human beings. And the whole thing with, with climate change is there's too many people on the earth. So even when the pandemic happened and they isolated people, which is punishment, by the way, they said your, our carbon footprint lessened. See, so we should lock people up so they can't move around the earth. Here's the problem with anybody that believes that. The Bible says in Genesis, God said, not anybody else, God said, be fruitful, multiply. He never said, when you get to 7 billion people, stop it. He never said that. He never said, when you get to 10 billion people. And think about this. When God speaks, the Bible says, not Steve, not not. not Church on the move. The Bible says that God's word is forever. In other words, heaven and earth will pass away, but he says my word will never pass away. So when God spoke, it was for eternity. So he said, be fruitful and multiply. Here's what the world tells us. The world says there's too many people on the earth. And here's why, because in Romans 1, where it says they worship the creation over the creator who is blessed forever, amen, we, the earth was made for us. We weren't made for the earth. And so if there was 10 billion people on the earth, do we think God is so stupid and so dumb that, oops, he said to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, oops, I made the earth too small for my word. And so when people say, do you believe in climate? No, I don't believe in it. You pick a point in time and pick a number. Anybody remember Mount St. Helens? My age, a little, yeah. Yeah, remember that? So, so all you heard was about carbon dating, carbon dating, carbon dating. It's a science. Carbon dating. And they said the earth is millions of years old. Remember that? And so they had to pick a time, <laughs> some out in space, and say, okay, that's our timeline. And then they go backwards. So that's why they tell you the earth is millions and millions of years old. So they had this carbon dating system. And when Mount St. Helens blew, the, the, the volcano went up. They took samples of their own carbon dating science or however they do it. And it said that that happened thousands of years ago, yet we watched it happen. And so you just don't get to put, how do we know this is not a normal cycle of the earth? We've only been studying this thing for less than 100 years. How do we know that this is not the normal cycle of the earth? We don't. So that's why we have to go back to the Word of God. So folks, here it is. I've never had to preach a message. I'm sure your pastor's never had to preach a message on being fruitful and multiply. I've never had to get up from the pulpit and say, okay, folks, you need to go home today and have some sex, and we need to have some babies. <laughs> never one time. Not one time have I had to preach that, like, come on, gentlemen, get your act together. Go home and take care of mama. You got to take care of your wife. You got, we're, we're, we're lacking in being fruitful and multiplying. You notice we've never had to teach that because it's the law of God. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to create little people like us. So we can train them how to be. That's why we got to act right. I mean, it's, we. So, so when when absolute truth is removed, we start buying into stuff because we hear it all the time. And they said, "You're dumb if you don't believe this. You're just ignorant if you don't believe it." Well, I'll be dumb and ignorant. 
but I'll obey, I'll, I'll obey God before I obey you. Amen. So you, you and I have to decide, are we going to worship the creation? And people that talk about Mother Earth, there is no such thing as Mother Earth. My mom's name is Phyllis, and she's sitting right there. There's no Mother Earth. There's no such thing. There's just the earth that was made for us. We weren't made for it. God created this earth so you and I could be fruitful and multiply. And he never put a number on it. So when we get to 10 billion and they're screaming like, we need a population control. He didn't say, no, it's never going to happen. You cannot control God. And people say, well, I've had one baby. That's too many. No, it's not. Have your quiver full. Say, how many is that? I don't know, six, seven. Your pastor has his quiver full. <laughs> they didn't mess around. They... <laughs> you and I will not be able to obey God, obey both God and human authority at times. At some point we have to choose. We must take a stand for righteousness. We must be a little gritty. See, we are called all to make disciples. And if you're gritty, it requires the ability to manage your emotions and your thought life. Grit also requires self-discipline and self-control, both of which are heavily regulated by your emotions. And let me say this to you, folks. Feelings are not facts. If you get nothing from this message, get this. Feelings are not facts. And what does everybody want to tell us today how they feel? I feel this way. I feel this way. You talk to people and you're like, well, I, they, they, you know, they should apologize. Well, did they apologize? Oh, yeah, they apologized. But I didn't feel like it was sincere. How do you win that? What if it was sincere? Well, I don't feel like it was, so therefore, if you don't feel like it, then it's not true. No, feelings are not facts. Feelings are subject to change. Let me tell you the only thing that's not subject to change is this word. It won't change for you, it won't change for me, it won't change for this world, it won't change. And you and I need to start, we need to really, if we not, haven't already, really start believing it and start processing everything we're hearing from the world through the Word of God. What does the Bible say? Most of you have never heard anything said about climate change biblically, but if, if it's all about population control, which is all this is about, then, then we need to realize God never wanted to control the population he, other than to grow it. In other words, go have as many babies as you like. And some of you already did. Some of you are working on it, and some of you are thinking about it. So just go home. Be fruitful. Be multiplied. When the world says you got too many kids, say, we ain't even started yet. Thank God we have TV or we'd have a lot more kids. Come on. I mean, my mom's family had 12. You know why? Because there was no TV. John Wayne said this. Everybody remember John Wayne? He won an Oscar in 1969 for the movie True Grit. Anybody ever see it? I like the old one better than the new one, by the way, with Jeff Bridges. So anyway, but, this, you know, Maddie came up to him and started talking to him and said, you know, I believe, you know, he, 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 I believe you can do anything you want. But John Wayne has some great quotes, and he said this. He said, life is tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid. <laughs> he said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. And folks, you and I, no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, we need to saddle up anyway. And I don't know about you, I'm not the smartest cookie in the cookie jar, but man, I'm not stupid.
And so life is tough, but boy, if you're dumb, it's even tougher. Come on. I mean, there's ways to work through whatever we work through if, if we put God first. And so you won't find the word grit, though, in the word. You won't find it in the Bible, but it's there anyway, and it's in steadfastness and endurance. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always. Everybody say always. always. If you're online, say always. <laughs> Did you hear the miracle? How many, how many of y'all heard the online folk? Okay. <laughs> always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Luke 21, 19, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Steadfastness is the determination to remain at your post, come what may. Endurance is the determination to keep moving forward or moving toward your desired goal despite external challenges and internal weariness. Grit is about what's in you, your attitude. How gritty are you? The disciples were gritty. They looked at these authorities and said, who am I to obey, you or, or God? And then they say, we'll obey God. Yeah, but we're going to beat you. That's okay. We're going to whip you. That's okay. We're going to fine you. That's okay. We're going to talk bad about you. That's okay. Because any church doing anything in America today is being talked about in a negative way. Why? Because you're standing for righteousness. And the world, the world that's dark does not like the light. And when the light comes in and exposes the darkness, the darkness screams and yells and says, you're haters, you're mean, you're intolerant. And we as Christians are like, well, I don't want to be that. Well, we're not that. We're the most tolerant people in the world. You say, how do you believe that? We accept anybody just like you are. We accept you. You can come to Christ just like you are. The only difference is we expect you to grow and change. Why? Because God expects you to grow and change. That's the reality of walking with God. And folks, it doesn't matter if we make mistakes or we falter or we fall. He didn't say, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord as long as you do everything right. You notice he never uses those words. Because we will mess up. How many in here have sinned? How many have like sinned today? How many couples came in here and you drove, you, everything was fine, you got in the car to go to church and you start arguing? Don't rate, don't. Oh. Dude, she just told on you, man. She just, she was like. <laughs> but think about it. We've all sinned. That's why he doesn't say that. He just wants you to keep abounding in the work of the Lord. That means keep abounding. Don't stop. Be steadfast. Gritty, gritty is showing courage and resolve. The word resolve means impossible to subdue or defeat. So when we show resolve as Christians, God made us where we won't be subdued or defeated. Someone once said this, talk is cheap, but actions are priceless. Someone else said this, 80% of success is just showing up. You and I just got to keep showing up. Yeah, but pastor, I sinned last night. I went to the bar and got drunk. I don't care, show up. Well, I got a headache. Good. You, you get, maybe get a lot of headache because I'll start yelling like, hey! <laughs> you keep showing up. Why? Because we're a work in progress and God's trying to help us. And he can't help us if we run. He helps us when we come to him. You have a preacher, I got a, I got a bad temper. That's okay. You keep coming because God's going to help you with that temper. He's going to help you not to be so angry. 
God is here to help, not hurt. But we got to keep always abounding in the work of the Lord. Never, ever stop. See, Christians need to show up. And let me say this as I move forward. If you're watching online, thank you for watching. I, we have a lot of people watch online too. Thank you. But let me tell you something. Online is a tool, not a replacement. You know the difference between online and, and being in here is, is, is the difference of watching a fire on TV and actually being in a fire. So you can watch a fire on TV and you're like, oh, that seems pretty hot. <laughs> Those guys are sweating. Uh, yeah. Oh, that guy's on fire. I, I, it's one thing to watch it. It's another thing to be in it. And that's the difference. You can watch it online because it's a good tool that we have. Thank God for the technology. But it doesn't replace the gathering ourselves together. You need to be in the fire sometimes. You need to be where the Spirit of God, where you can feel it and you can be a part of it. And so thank you for being here. And so we, you know, that's the difference. And so grit, uh, it, when, you, when, you, when I think of grit, I start thinking, you know, true grit, the movie. But I start thinking of movies that were gritty. And I start thinking of Rocky. And you remember the first fight? If I watch Rocky in here. Everybody, so I watch it. I watch some of them every year. They'll come up. I'll just start watching them. And I've watched them I don't know how many times, but I, it's still like, I, you know, dun, da da dun da da dun da da dun I walk around my house now because, you know, I'm older. <laughs> And I'm like, come on, honey, me and you right now. You know, no. Then she slaps me and I just sit down. So anyway, no. But you remember the movie and, 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 and Rocky's getting pummeled. Apollo Creed is just, tap, just pounding him and his face looks awful. And all he wanted to do was last 15 rounds with the champ. That's all he wanted to do. He didn't even want to beat him. I just want to go 15 rounds. And what did they kept telling him? Stay down. Stay down. But Rocky was gritty. He's beat up, pummeled, and he gets back up every time. In fact, at one point, Apollo's like in the corner, like half dead. He's tired, beaten. He's like, how, many time, how, many, how bad can I beat this guy? And he's leaning, and all of a sudden, Rocky gets back up and goes, come on. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And Apollo goes, <laughs> he's like, what's, what's wrong with this guy? Let me tell you what's wrong with Rocky. He had too much grit to stay down. And if you ever watch these fights on TV, you ever watch them, you'll see the bigger dude telling the other dude that's whooping him, the guy that's whooping him, he'll tell him at times, just stay down, buddy. Stay down. Why does he want him to stay down? Because if you stay down, you yield. You get back up, we're going to keep fighting. So how many times have you seen on TV or watched them fight in real life? Because I know some of us have seen some. And you've heard one say to the other, just stay down. That's what the devil is telling everybody in the church. Just stay down. Here's what we need to do. We need to be as tough as Rocky and as gritty as Rocky and say, I'm not staying down. We're going to get back up. We're going to keep fighting over and over again. And we're going to keep fighting until I win this fight. And it doesn't matter what you're facing. You keep fighting until you win the fight. You got to get up. You got to stay up. You got to, when the, when the world is telling you and the devil's telling you, stay down. You look and say, I ain't staying anywhere down. I'm getting back up. I don't care how much I'm getting pummeled in life. I'm going to get back up because sooner or later, with God's help, we will win. You will win that victory. You will come out on top. But it takes the ability to be gritty. Just grit. Just that ability. I'm never going to quit. And in doing that, we need to be delivered from the fear of man because it's a real fear. Fear of man is the enemy of the fear of the Lord. The fear of man pushes us to perform for man's approval rather than according to God's ways or his approval. 
Oswald Chambers said this, the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. So if you're dealing with anxiety issues, fear issues, all those things, folks, you have to ask yourself, who do I fear more, people or God? Because when we fear God the most, we'll do everything we can to please him. And what he'll do is he'll free you from all those other fears. He'll just free you. You'll just be walking around one day and say, you know, I'm not that afraid anymore. Because they know when you, when you fear God, even, listen, this book is the most persecuted book that's ever been on the planet. Whole countries have outlawed it, Cuba, Russia. And you know what Russia said? One of the reasons they outlawed the Bible, you notice they didn't outlaw the Koran or any other book because it's not life. The Book of Mormon, there's no life in it. That's why we don't read it. That's why you don't, you don't let people in your home. Jehovah's Witnesses come up, just say, have a good day. You know what I tell them? I know more about that Bible than you do. You're, you're just outmanned here. You need to leave. You say, but aren't you trying to win them? No, you can't win them that way. But their books have no life. But this book, they know. The Russians said, it, once these people get this book in them, they get born again, we can't create fear in them anymore. They can't intimidate them because they would look and say, kill me. But, but I'm not going to yield to that. And, and, and when people said in America over the last two and a half years, we should just obey the authorities, then what does that say for the church in China? When these people are preaching the gospel in homes that are hidden, that, 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 you know, they have an under, underground church, so are they not allowed to talk about Jesus and preach the gospel because it's against the law there? Those pastors get put in prison all the time. And, and, and sometimes they get taken away to never return. No one knows what happens to them. Can you imagine if you're the next guy up? Hey, they're going to come get you today, Steve. You're out. The government come and got you for preaching the gospel. And then can you imagine whoever the next pastor is? that You're next. I mean, think about the fear of God versus the fear of man. And so when people tell me all the time, you just obey the authorities, not if they're telling me to do things that are against the word of God, I'm not. And, and in China, what do the underground church do? Are they all illegal? Is they all violating God's word? No. We obey as long as they don't dictate or tell us to do something this book tells us to do. So as long as the authorities are in line with this, we're good. Once they're not, we honor God over them every time. Every time. And that's what God is saying. And so we need to understand the fear of God is the thing that blesses us. Proverbs 29, 25, and I'll begin to close. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Isaiah 51, 12, I love the scripture. I, yes, I, am the one who comforts you, talking about God. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? And I love this. Be careful, I'm going to say it loud. Wake up! The Bible says, wake up! Oh, Jerusalem, people of God, ministers of the gospel, it's time to wake up. we got to fear God more than we fear man. We have to reverence God and put God first and say, man, if it comes to me honoring you, sir, ma'am, or honoring God, I'm going to honor God first. That's the biblical way. Luke 12, 4 and 5, dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more to you than after that. I mean, it's like Captain Obvious, right? Okay. But I'll tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill you. 
and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. So we can either fear man or fear God. Man, the worst they can do to me is kill me. But God can not only kill me, he can send me to hell. That's, that's the, I don't care about you. Uh, what, I mean, I don't know what you care about. But I don't want my worst enemy going to hell. I don't want Michelle Lujan Grisham going to hell. I pray for her soul. Because if anybody needs to get born again, she, she does. See, see, that's the difference. But do I fear her? No, she better fear me. She better be afraid of me. And that's why I look at her. She tried to put us in fear. I'm like, I don't fear you. I'll fear God. That's why the church staying open. That's why you stayed open. That's why your pastor led the way in this state. Actually, I think it was the first church to, to the f- officially open back up in the whole state. Because I know him well enough to know he'd rather honor God. And he fears God more than he fears man. And God never told us to close the church. He told us the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But it's the real church that had to stand up. Thank you for being the real church. Thank you for standing up. Thank you for loving God and fearing God more than you ever would fear man. When you have a fear of man, you have need for approval. There's a fear of disapproval. You have a need for acceptance, a need for recognition, a need, a, a need to never be criticized. You're praying for the strength to overcome the thoughts of what do they think. That's, that's getting free from the fear of man. The reason people say I don't like it when you talk about politics or you talk about moral issues is because of this fear of man. And how do we really preach the gospel without talking about the culture and the issues of today? Abortion is not a political issue. That's a moral issue. But the world has made it a political issue to silence the church so the preachers will be weak and the Christians will be weak and say, we don't discuss that. Well, where are you supposed to hear it from? How are you supposed to know what God's word says? You hear every day climate change, climate change, climate change. You're stupid if you don't believe in climate change. And yet, I don't believe in it, so I guess I'm stupid. But I don't believe in it because I have a biblical response that tells me not to. That says, Steve, your carbon footprint's not destroying this, this, this earth, and you're not to worship the earth. And we were never made to worship this earth. This earth was made for us. But we sound, you know, they talk about the sharks. Well, we're invading their territory. No, they're, they're in our territory. We were, they, we, it's so funny. Like the animals, we, we're invading the ocean. I'm like, really? I thought that was our ocean. No? God said it was. We were, the earth was made for us, and that's, a, that's what we got to understand. Now, should we pollute our streams or rivers? No, I don't believe in any of that. I don't believe in littering either. But should we, should we talk about controlling population when God said he spoke it, which goes forever and ever and never ends, be fruitful and multiply? How do you, how do you deal with that? God's word is so rich. 2 Timothy 4, 3, and I close. For the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And that's what's happened in our church world today in America. We've chased after myths. We buy into the world and their philosophies. 
say one thing about homosexuality, and oh, <gasps> my cousin, my friend, my family member. So what? A lot of my family members were drug addicts and alcoholics. I didn't agree with it. Was it right? But yet somehow we have bought into a philosophy that we love people into the kingdom by enabling them. And it's not true. You ruin them. It doesn't, it doesn't help them. Enabling doesn't help people. But God forbid we deal with those things even though they're biblical. Even though God's word is very clear. Even though God said he made a man and a woman. And they're supposed to become one flesh. Because they fit perfectly together. Come on. I mean we're adults in here right? You know. And so that's how it works. And so God says, you got to fear me. you got to do that. We must be obedient despite our fears. We must be. That's the only way to worship God. It's just put him first. You put him first, he'll help you. He'll help you. He'll help you. He'll give you strength to overcome. And sometimes we are afraid, guys. Let's face it. That's why we need the courage. Sometimes it is intimidating. You get people around, they mock God, they make fun of maybe your faith, and it's like, oh, you got family members because you came from a different religion. You, you know, so many of us came, you know, people came from Catholicism, and some of your own family, man, ostracize you. They're like, I can't believe it. But you got to be bold enough to say, I, just, I love God, and I'm learning, and I'm growing. I'm just going to keep moving forward. But I'm never going to stay down. I'm always going to get back up. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for helping us all to never stay down. The enemy, the world says stay down. Stay quiet. Be quiet. Stay in the halls and walls of your church and don't, don't ever do anything outside of it. Thank God for a church like this, Father, that does so much for the community, so much for the veterans, so much for the homeless, so much for people in need. This church is a beacon of light in this part of the state. God, thank you for leaders and a leader that is willing to stand up and take the hits and, but still stand for righteousness because we fear you more than we fear man. Thank you for a group of people that come before you to honor you, God. He'll honor you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And for some of you with every head bowed, here's how you'll honor the Lord, by coming to him. If you're here today and you've been You've walked with God, but you've walked away. This is your moment to get it right. This is your moment to come home right now. Today is the day of salvation. If you're here and you say, Preacher, would you pray with me? I've never given Jesus my heart. Preacher, I prayed prayers, but I didn't mean them. I had no desire to follow Jesus, to get to know the Bible, to do anything. I just, I just didn't want to go to hell. Folks, it doesn't work that way. You don't get born again and then go live your life the way you want and say you're okay. It doesn't work that way. That's deception. So if you're ready to make Jesus Lord of your life or to come home, this is your moment. With every head bowed, in Jesus' name, if that's you, I want to ask you to do one simple thing for me just so I know if I'm praying for anybody. If that's you in the powerful name of Jesus, right where you see it, and you say, Preacher, I'm going to get back up today. Starting today, I'm not going to stay down. The world, the enemy, my life, people in my life have just said, stay down, basically, and I'm going to get back up today. If that's you in Jesus' name, right where you're seated, all of this place, you ready? Without any hesitation, in Jesus' name. Would you just lift your hand right now and say, Preacher, include me in your prayer. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you. Thank you. As I look across the, to my left, your right. Anybody else? You just put up your hand. You put it down. But folks, 
This is the way we begin to walk with Jesus. I don't fear man anymore. I'm going to, thank you. God bless you. I'm gonna, I want God in my life. Thank you. That's all there is to it. And you say, well, what do people think? That's the thing of getting rid of the fear of man. Who cares what people think? We just got to know what God's thinking. And I don't know about you, but I want God to bless me. And if you want his blessing, is there anybody else before we close? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, man. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, I thank you for the hands that were raised. So many, so many just humbling themselves before you. And you said if we humble ourselves, you'll give us grace and mercy. So, Father, as they humble themselves before your mighty hand, may you bless their lives like they've never been touched or blessed before. May you give us all the strength to fear you more than we fear anyone else, to reverence you, God, to put you first in our lives. These folks today, by the lifting of their hand, are putting you first in their lives. Bless each one in Jesus' name. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this prayer aloud with me right where you're seated. I want everybody in here that's right with God, if you're right with God, in support of those folks who lift their hand, there was so many. Would you pray this prayer loud with me? It's right out of the book of Romans. Pray it loud enough for you, for your ears to hear your own voice. The Bible says we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. Would you pray with me, church? And if you lifted your hand, pray with all your heart. Would you pray, Father, I choose to believe in Jesus. And I believe he is your son. And I believe he is Lord of all. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I choose to believe. Thank you for giving me the strength to put you first. And when I falter, when I stumble, thank you for forgiving me. Because I'll always get back up. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Let's thank God. Can we, church? Thank you. Thank you for having me. God bless. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.